You are listening to the Pursuit Church Essay Podcast. We are a group of imperfect, real people on a mission to pursue God and love people. From wherever you are listening, we hope that you are encouraged by this week's message. I'm not here this morning to preach to you. I'm here to communicate, yes, communicate the word of God. But as I communicate the word of God, it's cutting both ways, that way and this way. God is going to deal with me through his word just as much as he's going to deal with you through his word today. So I want to pray. Can we pray together? Let's pray together. Let's continue to allow God to prepare our hearts to be open and receptive to the word of God. Let's pray What James wrote in the book of James, it says, let us not be simply hearers of the word of God. If you know it, say it with me, but doers. Let's say it again, but doers of the word of God. He says, when you become a doer, when you become obedient and put it into practice, he says, God will bless you in everything you do. Now, I don't know about you. If you're married, if you have kids like I do, my wife is here. She was singing with us up here. Our nine-year-old boy is somewhere. He's right there, Oziah. We have another baby on the way after nine years. Amazing. But if you're married and have kids, I don't know about you, but I need the blessing of God on my life to deal with some cheerings. You know what I'm saying? So if you need God's blessing upon your life and everything that you do, would you pray with me? That we do not leave these doors today and go home as simply hearers of the word of God. Let's be doers. Let's put it into practice. Let's pray. Father, we thank you today. We thank you, first of all, for your grace. We thank you for your mercy that is brand new every morning. God, right now we know where would we be without you, God? What would our lives look like had you not sent your son Jesus from heaven to this earth to take our place on a cross that belonged to us, a cross that carried my name? He took it upon himself, gave his life, shed his blood, was buried rose again on the third day to give us brand new life. God, where would we be today, God? We just want to say thank you. Father, with that same spirit of gratitude, of thanksgiving, we just want to uh, give you our full attention right now, God. Our ears, our eyes, our mind is focused on you and what you have to say today through your word. Father, we pray that today we not leave this place as simply hearers of your word. We want to become doers of your word. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. If you're ready to receive the word of God, somebody say, I'm ready. Uh, come on, y'all need y'all to say it like y'all mean it. Say, I'm ready to receive God's word. Look at your neighbor and tell them, I'm ready to receive God's word. Amen. I want to start off by telling you a little story that I heard one time about three blind men, not three blind mice, okay? I know where your mind was going already. Not three blind mice. Three blind men who were called to go into a room and try to explain what it was that they could feel throughout the room, right? If I gave you this because you've seen it before and I blindfold you and I give you this, you could probably figure out that it's a water bottle based on the sound, based on the feel. Maybe you've, you've, you drink you know, water at home. If not, I recommend it. It's really good for you. Um, but you could probably figure out. But these, these three men were, were born in this condition. And they were taken, they were doing a test. 
And they take these men into a room to try to figure out what it was that they could feel around the room. The first man felt around and touched something that he said felt like a pipe. I don't know if you've ever seen the pipes like uh, plumbing or electrical pipes, um, like those, for instance, that are hanging from the wall, maybe some up here. He said, it feels like a pipe. And then the second man was feeling around. And he says, I don't know, this, this feels like a, like a pillar, kind of like this right here in the middle, like a, like, like a pillar, a structural pillar, right? And he said, it feels like a pillar. It's solid. It doesn't move. It's attached to the ground. This is a pillar. Remember, they couldn't see what they were touching. They were just going based on what they could feel. The third man touches something that he said it feels like a rope. Have you ever felt a rope before? Yeah? Okay. He says this feels like a rope. And eventually, someone walks into the room who could actually see what was in the room. And he tells these three men, did you know that neither one of you are correct? He says, it's not a pipe. In fact, what you think is a pipe is the elephant's tusk. There was an elephant in the room, and they didn't know. This guy was touching his tusk, and he said, it's a pipe. He says, no, what you think is a pipe is actually one of the elephant's tusks. And that which you think is a pillar, that's actually one of his legs. Solid, it doesn't move, it's attached to the ground. Not literally attached to the ground, but you know, you get the point. And he tells the third guy, did you know that what you're touching is not a rope? It's actually the elephant's tail. You see, and these guys were going based on what they felt was correct. Have you ever lived life that way? Have you ever lived life based on what you feel is the right thing? Based on what you feel is correct? And you know what's bad about going based on what you feel is correct? That what we, our perspective and our minds and our way of thinking has been so corrupted and distorted based on our culture and social media. Social media could be a good thing. It's what you call amoral. It's neither bad nor good. It's the person who uses it and what they use it for, which makes it good or bad. It's like money. Money, people say, well, money is the root of all evil. Eh, incorrect. The Bible does not say that money is the root of all evil. The love of money is the root of all evil. When you love money more than God, that's when it becomes what you do with it is what makes it good or bad. So think about it. Feelings are good. God gave them to you. Your emotions are good. Why would God give them to you then if they weren't? He gave them to you. You know why? Because we were created in the beginning of time in his image and in his likeness. And if you read throughout the entire Bible, it tells us that God has emotions. Jesus had emotions. Because we were created in his image and his likeness, we too have emotions. God gave us emotions so that we could feel how you use them is what makes them good or bad. And it's, 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 it's sad that many of us, myself included, we live life based on what we think is correct. But today, we're gonna discover what God says about who we are. And that's the question for you this morning. My title for today is this. Ask yourself, who am I? Ask yourself, who am I? That is one of the greatest questions ever asked of all time. Who am I? And you might think, well, if, if I'd asked you today, who are you? You say, I'm an athlete. I'm a musician. 
I'm an audio engineer. I'm an engineer, whatever, structural engineer, whatever. No, that is not who you are. That is what you do. And what you do is very different than who you are. And we live life based on what we do, and it gives us a false identity. Because as these men, they were going based on what they felt. We live life based on what we feel and what we do. We identify with the things that we do instead of going to the word of God and discovering what God says we are. That's what I want to talk about today. If you could go with me in your Bibles to the book of 1 Peter chapter 2. If you have your Bible, you can go there with me. If not, we'll have it on the screens, or you can look if you have your tablet, your phone, you have the Bible app. Go ahead, and but, but follow along with us today. It's important that we just take these next few minutes to focus on the Word of God and what He wants. Because a lot of people say, well, I never hear God talking to me. Well, God talks to you every day. It's not a matter of whether God is talking to you or not. It's a matter of whether we are listening when He talks. And I know that God is going to speak to us this morning because we're going to be reading the word of God. And this is the word and the voice of God. So let's, let's, let's have a heart that is open and receptive today. 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 9 through 10. Verse 9 says this. But you are a chosen people. This is Peter talking to the church. To the believers in those days, we are the believers of today. So the word of God is telling us you are a chosen people. You are royal priest, a holy nation, God's very own possession as a result. As a result of what? Of what we just read. As a result that now you are chosen, you are priest, you are holy, you belong to God. As a result of that, now you can show others the goodness of God. Has God been good to you? Uh, come on. Has God been good to you? Has God been faithful to you? Has God been forgiving to you? Then we can go out and now show that same goodness, that same kindness, that same mercy, that same forgiveness that was shown to us, we can show to others. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for or because he called you out of darkness into his wonderful light. God has called us out of darkness. The Bible clearly says that when we live life without Jesus Christ, we are living blindfolded, completely in the dark. We're kind of like these three men that we talked about at the beginning. We're blind. And we just go based and we live life based on what culture tells us to do. Based on what we read on social media. Based on how celebrities uh, portray we should live our life. Now, I'm not, I'm not trying to, to you know, talk bad about celebrities. No, that's not, that's not the issue. The issue is that we allow that how they live, it affects the way we live. That's the, that's the bad part right there. And that's what I want to talk about today. The Bible says we were living in darkness, but he has called us out of that darkness out of that false identity that we have allowed in our life. He has called us out of that, and he brings us to his marvelous, wonderful, amazing light. Verse 10 says, once you had no what? Uh, what does it say? Once you received no, I'm sorry, we're, we're still in, oh man, do we have the, the previous part? Where it says you have, you have no, had no identity. Okay, there it says. Once you had no 
identity as a people, talking about people of God. Once you had, once meaning in the past, previously, you had no identity whatsoever. In other words, your identity was simply based on what you thought was correct and who you followed on social media, etc. Once you had no identity as people of God, but now you are God's people. Next one. Once in the past, previously, you received no mercy, but now you have received God's mercy. Can we thank God this morning for his mercy, for his grace? You see, what we see in these verses are a few different pieces of what what Peter is talking about to this group of believers in regards to their identity. Did you know that your identity is the very first thing that the enemy, the devil, attacked? Because God told Adam and Eve that they were created in his image and his likeness. But what did the serpent or the devil, the enemy, tell, the, tell Eve? He says, you know why God doesn't want you to eat from that fruit? Because he knows that if you eat from it, you'll become just like him. You'll become just, you cannot become something you already are. You only become it if you're not it. He said, because he knows you'll become like him, but he created them like him to begin with. The very first thing that the enemy attacked on humanity was our identity. And that you know, you, did you know that that's the very same thing that he attacks today? Because you can give your life to Jesus. You can shout and holler, hallelujah, amen, praise the Lord, glory to Jesus all day long. You die, you go to heaven. But if the devil can strip you away of your true identity... You'll never become what God created you to be. These people were being pressured by the world around them. Have you ever felt pressured? Have you ever felt pressured by the world around you? Have you ever felt virtually pressured by social media? Digital peer pressure. You see all this stuff happening on social media and you just want to, man, I just wish I could have that life. I wish I could have that money. I wish I could look like this or look like that. Now, there's nothing wrong with those things. Don't get me wrong. There's nothing wrong with those things. But when that is your, your, your priority in life, and then you live, your identity is based on that, that's when it becomes a problem. And these people of these days were, were feeling pressured. And something that seems to get very foggy when we are pressured is our understanding of who we are. Are. We become so focused on what's around us that we lose sight of what's in us, our true identity that is found in Jesus Christ. So the first thing that Peter reminds these believers and the first thing that Peter's reminding us today is this. If you're taking notes, write this down on your phone. If you have a tablet, if you have a journal. If you don't have a journal, why don't you go back there to our table and pick one up? They're very nice. Handcrafted, handmade by my wife. Yours truly, Angela Marrero. You want to take notes today, I want to encourage you to do this because, listen, I I believe that God not only wants to talk to us here today, but he wants to take this and throughout the week you can go back and study your notes and be reminded. See, the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will remind us everything that we've learned through his word. But if you do not care to take notes so that throughout the week you can be reminded of what was spoken here today through God's word, then what is the Holy Spirit going to remind you? So I encourage you to take notes. If not, just just pay very close attention. The first thing that Peter reminds us is that, number one, you are chosen. 
Somebody say that with me. Ready, go. You are chosen. The Bible clearly teaches us that there is power in our words. There is power in what we say. Life and death are in the tongue. In other words, you can speak life, you can speak death. There's power in what you say, declare, and confess. So today, we are going to confess all of these together today. I want you to say this. Say, I am chosen. Ready, go. I am chosen. Just a little bit louder. Here we go. I am chosen. Third time's a charm. One, two, three, go. I am chosen. You are chosen. In other words, God wants you. God wants you. God likes you. That's simply what this means. He chose you. Out of all people, he chose you. He chose you because he loves you. I know we hear that a lot, right? Jesus loves you, brother. Jesus loves you, sister. Jesus loves you. Those are the... Jesus loves you. Three, the three most powerful words that sadly, pastor, have become Christian cliché. Jesus loves you. Because it was because Jesus loved us that we're saved today. It's because Jesus loved us that he came to this earth to give his life on a cross that belonged to us. It is because Jesus loved us that we have been set free, redeemed, washed in the blood. We have eternal life. And Jesus loves you. Those three most powerful words that exist on this planet have become simply Christian lingo. He chose you because he loves you. And the mistake that we make, Pastor, is that we know that he loves us, but we're not truly aware and fully aware of how much he truly loves us. The Bible says that even while we were yet sinners, you know what a sinner is? A person without God. A person who has consciously rejected God. And even in that condition and in that state, while we were yet sinners, he came and died for us. And he said, I know that they're still going to reject me. I know that they're still going to hate me and talk against me. But I love them so much that in spite of all that, I'm willing to give my life because I love them. Who else would do that? In fact, the next verse says, I understand a good moral person giving their life for somebody they love with all their heart. But Jesus gave his life for people who hated him. That's how incredible his love is. He chose us because he loves us. And he wants you and I to live a life close to him. You you know what's crazy about this? Not only does he want us to come and be close to him, he wants to come and be close to us. There's a difference. There's a difference when in your heart you desire to be close to that person, even if they don't want to. Yes, he wants you to be close to him. But what's more powerful is that he wants to be close to you. And that's why he chose you. Number two, you are priest. You are priest. Can we say that together? Ready, go. You, you know what? Yeah, let's make it personal. Say, I am priest. Even though it is grammatically incorrect to say, I am priests. Let's go ahead and say, I am priests. With the S at the end. Here we go. Ready? Go. I am priest. One more time. I am priest. You know what a priest is? It's a messenger. A messenger sent by God. In the, in the, in the Old Testament before Jesus Christ uh, 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 died on the cross, tore the veil that 
separated us from the presence of God. There was a person who was chosen as a priest that would go every certain amount of years. I believe it's seven. Correct me if I'm wrong. Every seven years, they would go into the Holy of Holies, the presence of God, where God would drop. His presence was there. They would go into the presence of God, hear God's word. They would go out and deliver that word to the people of God. People didn't have access to the presence of God. There had to be a priest. It was called a mediator. They were that mediator, that medium, that that person in, in the middle that would talk to God, hear from God, and then give that word to the people. He was a messenger for God. And that's what we have been called to be. We have been called to be priests, to be messengers of God here on earth. The messengers of what? Of God's love, of God's mercy, of his goodness, his forgiveness, of what God has done in your life. That is called your testimony. We are called to bring this message to the people in your life. Who are the people in your life? Well, your family, your loved ones your neighbors, your coworkers, the people that you are in contact with every single day, or even your family who may live in other cities, other countries. Those are the people that God has called us to deliver this message of love and grace to first and then to all the world. You might be asking, well, how do I do this? How can I deliver this message? It's very easy. Did you know that acts of kindness go a very long way? Just be kind to someone. Hold the door for someone. Invite somebody out for lunch. Like, just be kind to people. How about being respectful? Be respectful to one another. The Bible talks about us loving one another, being respectful towards others. Acts of kindness. How about lending a helping hand? I know that y'all guys have a, a pantry here once a month, correct? Once a month. Now, I don't come to, to this church every single week, but I know that y'all guys have pantry. So I'm sure that everybody who's a member here, y'all should know. When was the last time you said, hey, you know what, I'll help out. I'll come and serve. I'll serve my community through the pantry. I'll be a blessing. I'll come and pray. I'll come and help. When was the last time you signed up for that? Being a helping hand, being of service, being willing to help someone else. You know what that does? That is expressing the message of God's love, God's grace, and God's mercy. We've been called to be priests. How about encouraging others? You see someone who's struggling, who looks a little down. You know they're going through a rough time. Be an encouragement to them. Hit them up, text them, call them. Just let them know, hey, I'm here for you, man. If you need to talk, whatever it is, hey, you want to go out for lunch? Like anything, just a hello. You see somebody, did you know that the Bible even tells us that there is power in your smile? You didn't know that? Read your Bible. When you smile, you could change somebody's day. When you smile, you can change somebody's life. Simple smile can make all the difference. Be an encouragement to somebody. How about being generous? I know that 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 topic has become very taboo amongst many churches. But that you know that because of generosity, let me tell you this, it's only because of generosity that we're here today. It's because of God's generosity that he gave his only son. He what? He gave. He gave his only son. 
It's because of that that we're saved, redeemed, set free, healed, and one day we are able to go to heaven and live for all eternity with Jesus Christ. It is only because of God's generosity. So is generosity important? What do you think? Absolutely. How about being generous? When it's time to give tithes and offerings, how about being generous? Well, I give, I give 10%. That's what the Bible says. Yeah, but it also talks about offerings. Offerings is anything that you give above the 10%. The 10%, honestly, that doesn't even belong to you. So you're not even giving it. You're returning it to God. You want to give? Then give above your 10% because now you're giving. 10% is your duty. It's your responsibility. It's not generosity. That's giving. That is returning to God what already belongs to him. You want to be generous? Then give above and beyond that. Remember, I'm not preaching to you. God is dealing with me. You're going to ask my wife. Last year I told God, I said, you know what? I want to be more generous this year. Not only with my time, my talents, with my gifts. I want to be more generous with my money, with my finances. And I didn't tell God because our finances were in a good place. Because we have $30,000 in, sa- in our savings account. I wish we did. We don't. I didn't tell God because we were financially set. I told God because in spite of the, what my finances looked like, I said, God, in spite of all that, I want to be, be faithful to you the same way you've been faithful to me. And the same way you've been generous to me, I want to be generous to others as well. Why? Because generosity expresses the love, the mercy, and the grace of God. You want to be a priest? You want to be that messenger? How about being generous? Number three, you are holy. I'm almost done. I got about three more hours. I'm just, I'm, I'm just, I'm barely warming up. Just kidding, guys. We'll be out of here before 2 p.m. Don't worry. You are holy. Can we say that? Say, I am holy. Ready? Go. I am holy. Come on. If you haven't caught on by now, I want you guys to say it as loud as you can. Come on. Blow somebody's socks off. Here we go. Ready? Go. I am. There you go. I am holy. You know what holy means? You know what it means? It means righteous. It means approved by God, set apart, different. That's what holy means. And there may be things right now that you are struggling with in your life. There may be sins in your life that you're struggling with. There may be battles in your mind. There may be things that you know are not pleasing to God that you are struggling with today. We all struggle with it. Even the greatest Well, the second greatest, most powerful man of God to walk this earth, besides Jesus, the Apostle Paul. And even he said, I do the things I don't want to do. And the things that I know are right, that I should be doing, I don't do them. Have you ever had that struggle before where you're like, man, I know this is, man, this is wrong. You know know what I've started doing lately, Pastor? Because listen, I'm just as human as you guys. I make mistakes. I say things I shouldn't say. And I, I told God, I, I started telling God in the past few weeks, I, I, started, changing my, I started changing my perspective on things because when I would say something or do something and I was like, dang it, it's wrong. I'd be like, man, I didn't mean to do it, God, I'm sorry. And I said, you know what? I did mean to do it. I shouldn't have done it though. So I told God, you know what? Even though I meant to do it, I shouldn't have done it. Forgive me. I shouldn't have done it. Because that, that right there is a cop-out. Man, I didn't really mean it. God, I didn't mean it. Yes, you did. <laughs> yes, you did. If not, you wouldn't have done it. Now, should you have done it? No. When you are able to come to terms with that, now real repentance can take place. Because you know that you shouldn't have done it, and you still did it. 
There may be things in your life that you're struggling with right now. And you might think, man, there's no way that I'm holy. There's no way that I'm righteous. There is no way after what I've just done that I'm approved by God. There is just no way. There's no way that I could ever approach God in the state that I am because of the mistakes that I've made or that I'm involved in right now. Well, let me tell you this. Peter is reminding us here that we are holy. We are righteous in spite of our failures, in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of our mistakes. We are holy. You know why? Because when you have Jesus Christ living inside of you, God doesn't see your sin. He doesn't look at you and judge you for your mistakes. He looks at his son, Jesus, who lives inside of you, and he is holy. So when he looks at you, he says, because of my son, you are holy. You are righteous in the eyes of God. When God the Father looks at you, he doesn't see your sins or mistakes. He sees Jesus, who is holy and perfect. The Bible teaches us that we are clothed. We are covered in the righteousness of Jesus. That our sins and mistakes are covered in his perfection. number four, I want to end with this today. We've talked about how we are chosen. We are priests. We are holy. We are chosen. We are priests. We are holy. Number four, we are called. Did you know that you are called by God? Can we say that together? Say, I am called. Ready, go. I am called. Ready, one more time. I am called. We are called by God out of darkness into his light. Listen, have you ever been in the dark before? How many of us, be honest, when when you were younger, how many of y'all were scared of the dark? I was. I was scared of the dark. You know why I was scared of the dark? I grew up in Puerto Rico. And the type of ministry that my mom and dad have, they not only have a church in Puerto Rico, but they have a, a, a center or a home, a rehab center for men and women who are on the streets, homeless, addicted to drugs, alcohol, you name it. And they take them in, allow them to stay there, teach them the word of God, uh, 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 help them to begin a relationship with Christ. Now listen, when you deal with people like that, they don't want your ministry to be too close to the neighbors. <laughs> so we lived in Puerto Rico, but every, every place we lived had to be outside of city limits. And outside of city limits in Puerto Rico is dark. Dark. Like pitch black dark. Like you can't even see your... Have you ever, have you ever been in a place that's so dark you can't even see your hand in front of you? You know it's there, but your mind freaks out because you can't see it. You're like, ah, I know it's there, but I can't see it. That's how it was. If the lights weren't on in the house, bro, it was dark. So I was afraid of the dark. Of course I was. Have, have, has the power ever gone out at your house? The other day at our house about, what, about two, three weeks ago? Maybe a month ago already. Um, I don't know what happened. Some, somebody fell asleep at the wheel or they were just being crazy. And they jumped the curb. They jumped the sidewalk. They hit one of the... the the transformers, you know, because they have them on the floors now, sticking out the ground right in front of your house where it looks horrible. Yeah. You're like, God, I spent so much money on this house and I got that big old thing right in front of my yard. I'm like, what the heck, you know? Can y'all not put that in the back or something? But anyways, he hit that, ran it over, hit the tree. It was a mess. Lights went out. 
we were watching Netflix, and I was like, Jesus? Uh, <laughs> what's going on? Thank God for the, the, the moonlight that was shining in a little bit through the window, but... I don't know if you've ever been scared of the dark or maybe you've been in a, in, a, in a power outage or you've been in a place where it's so dark that you cannot see what's right in front of you. Did you know that sometimes we live life like that? When we live life without Jesus, we're living life in the dark. And when we live life in the dark, our mind starts going crazy. We start thinking things that aren't even true. Well, the world says this is what I am. I guess I'll just accept it and believe it, and that's what I'll be. Wrong. This is what I see on social media. And and when we don't have Christ, we're living in the dark. We're living blindfolded. And now our identity is being shaped by what we think or see. Did you know that water takes on the form of that which it is poured into? Right? Right? Water takes this form because it's poured into. But if I take this same water and I pour it into a cup, it's no longer going to have this shape. It's going to take the shape or the form of whatever recipient or container it is poured into. Right? Our life is like this water. Whatever we pour our lives into, that's what we will become. When you pour your life into social media, that's what you're going to start believing. And because you believe it now, that's what you're going to become. When you pour your life into anything besides Christ, that is what your life is going to be like. But when you pour your life into Jesus Christ, now things begin to change. Now you take on his identity because you are pouring your life. The Bible says that those who are in Christ, in Christ, are new creations. I think today God needs to shift our perspective today. God wants to show you your true identity, but you need to pour your life into him. That which you pour your life into, that's what you're going to become. So who am I? I'm chosen. I'm a priest, a messenger. I'm holy. God calls me holy. Not based on what I've done, right or wrong. I'm holy based on his son, Jesus. And I'm called. I'm called by God to come out of darkness into his light. JP, do you, do you have a piano sounds or anything? Can you help me out? Where's JP at? Since you're here. <laughs> Listen. If you've never made that decision today or, or previously before today to give your life to Jesus and say, you know what, I've been living in darkness. Or maybe today you're realizing, man, it wasn't, it wasn't all that I thought it was. I need Jesus today. I need a change in my life. I need to surrender. I need to be brought out of darkness into his marvelous light. Listen, that is the first step. I know it's our last point, but it's your first step today. Because you cannot, you cannot enjoy the first three things we talked about unless you take the first step, which is to come out of darkness into God's marvelous light. And that is only done when you say yes to Jesus. He died for you. 
shed his blood on a cross that belonged to us. We should have suffered for our sins, but he took that suffering upon himself, gave his life, was buried and rose again on the third day to give you life, eternal life, an abundant life, to give you and I a second chance today. So if you want to take that first step and say, you know what? I need Jesus today. I need to be brought out of darkness. I've been living life blindfolded. I've been living life in the dark. Because you know it's possible to be saved and still be lost? You can be saved and your soul and your spirit will live with God for all eternity. But you live life as if you were still lost. Look at the story in the book of Luke of the lady who lost a coin inside the house. The coin was in the house. That represents salvation. You're saved. You're in the family of God. But that coin was still lost. When that lady swept up and cleaned up that house and found the coin, she celebrated The Bible says that when you give your life to Jesus, there are myriads and myriads of angels in heaven who celebrate that decision. First thing you need to do today is give your life to Jesus and say, you know what? God, forgive me. I've not made mistakes. But today I repent of my sin. And I want to accept you as my Lord and Savior. If you can say that today, believe me when I say this, your life will change forever. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Every head bowed, every eye closed. There's a personal moment between you and God. And maybe you say, you know what, I've, I've made this decision in the past. Well, listen, I heard a great man of God say this one time. To be 99.9% sure that you're saved is to be 100% lost. You cannot leave this room today with any ounce of doubt in your heart. Maybe you say, you know what, I'm 100% sure I'm saved. Well, guess what? We all stray away, like the Bible says, like sheep. And if you want to return today to the good shepherd, rededicate, recommit your life to God, then I want you to say this prayer with me as well. Right there where you're at with all your heart, I want you to say these words with me. Say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I confess that I am a sinner And I'm lost without you. Please forgive me. For all of my sins. My mistakes. Wash me. With your precious blood. I open my heart. And I receive you. As my Lord. My Savior. Today. I choose. To follow you. For the rest of my days. In Jesus name. Amen. If God is transforming your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. You can give at PursuitChurchSA.com slash give. Thank you for listening and remember to follow us to enjoy more messages like this.